Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no-nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. Welcome to another episode of the Almost Awakened podcast. I am one half of your host, Bill. And I'm Mikkel. And we are excited to have this conversation today. Mikkel, last we interviewed River, and uh, we had a beautiful conversation with her about non-monogamy. And I want to talk about three things today. And those three things essentially are, there's some shadow work I had to do this week. Um, my wife and I were sitting watching one of our favorite TV shows right now, Criminal Minds. And in one of the cases, there's a woman who uh, obviously answers their questions and responds with abuse. We'll include the audio bite of that in this episode. And, and it touched me because I saw, I saw her husband, the, the abuser. I saw pieces of me in my doing this to my wife when I saw this lady's reaction. So we'll get to that. And then I want to talk for a moment because it came across kind of my mind this week, uh, kinks and fetishes. Um, and I think at some point you and I will probably have some kind of expert on to talk about that topic or topics. Um, there may be a lot there. But I wanted to at least uh, kind of touch on it today. But I wanted to start with our, our conversation last week with River, Mikkel, and just get your kind of thoughts about that conversation. There were a couple of things I wanted to talk about, because I know you asked a couple times how to start a conversation about that. And this week on uh, Facebook, somebody suggested a way to start a conversation, and I thought it was a really bad way. And then I wanted to talk about how I responded to the person. But your thoughts first. Uh, it was It was really interesting to me. I learned a lot about um, just that it's not necessary. Like I had this perception, I guess, Bill, that it was something that people do all the time and that they're not with their, their main partner very often. And so it was interesting to me to be able to talk to somebody who kind of practices that, that way of life, I guess, and that they spend more time than not with their primary partner. And maybe that's not the case for every um, relationship, but at least for them. And so that was interesting. And then um, she talked a lot about um, fantasies and just allowing yourself to um, be open to thinking about other things. And so that was also something new and something that I've never really done before. I appreciate that. Like the conversation for me, there's a lot of nuts and bolts to making any kind of relationship work. And I could tell by the way in which River um, conversated around these things, like I think the listeners and maybe some, to some extent myself, like we're expecting a lot of like sex talk, like this is how you do these things. And the reality is there's a lot more thinking, uh, normal life, normal handling of human emotions, a normal need uh, on this side of things to be authentic and vulnerable. And like all of those things were way more important than the topic of sex. And as I think River pointed out, this rarely happens for them, 
but it's the freedom to pursue the thing that rarely happens. It's the freedom to pursue that any day you want to. That is actually what soothes the soul for the person who is, feels limited by monogamy. And, and I had to kind of wrap my head around that a little bit. Like it's not the actual having the experience. Those are wonderful, as she pointed out. It's, it's the going after. It's the ability to pursue it. It's the ability to go out some night with your primary partner and to flirt with people and to see where it goes, even though most of the time it doesn't go anywhere. Um, and I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, it, it really was. And um, I, I liked that she talked about um, the conversation, you know, just, just being open with your partner and, and whether that's regarding your fantasies or wanting to explore things outside of the relationship, just having open conversations. And, and that's something that we're continually working on. It's, it's hard, as you know, to have conversations, especially when it's something that you've never really talked about before. And so for us, it's, 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 we're, yeah, just tricky and and we're navigating and it's sometimes a bumpy road. Yeah. I, uh, I put a disclaimer on my Facebook post and I put a disclaimer, um, where was it? Oh, my wife, she shared it on her Facebook as well. And I put the disclaimer there in the comments um, basically with this idea that I know with these kinds of topics, there comes tons of judgment, right? Like you and I are having this conversation, we release the episode and my first thought is, oh my gosh, like everybody, my, my employers, my, um, old friends from Ohio, my, um, the people who, who are enemies, uh, see themselves as enemies of me because of other work I do in the podcast world. And I, I perceive that, oh my gosh, this, this is the thing that they're going to grab onto and try to make a story out of that, that, you know, me and my wife, for instance, are living non-monogamy. And so I put this disclaimer on, I say, look, you know, let's be honest, like I'm having the conversation um, because I think on this side of things, it becomes really natural. You get tired of pretending, you get tired of the facade of looking the part to fit into your community to fit into your marriage, to fit into your, your friendships. And, and so you stop, you say, okay, that's it. I'm going to start being me. Maybe me does this thing differently. And it's a lot of things. And so you start talking to your primary partner. And I like that wording because we have relationships with lots of people, but I'm married to my wife. Um, and that's, that's my primary relationship. And so, and this side of things, I'm conversating with my wife about all these tough things, about who I am and where I'm at in the world and what I think and what I want. And these conversations are way more real than they, they were five or 10 years ago. And so we're having the conversation. And so the disclaimer says like, hey, just so everybody knows, like my wife and I, we do have a monogamous relationship. We don't have intercourse with people outside of our marriage, but we're also having this conversation and you know, at some point, maybe it changes. Maybe her and I both go like, Hey, we want to do something different. And what I realized, uh, Mikkel is that people have a right to pursue the fullest life they can, they can get to so long as they don't manipulate others. So long as they don't intentionally cause trauma so long as any time they're doing it unhealthy and that unhealthiness is brought to their attention, that they seek to get better and try to sit 
uh, in that unhealthiness and be aware of it and move on and grow from it and become something better. And, and it may take decades. It may take you know two weeks to fix some of these things. But people have a right to pursue happy, full lives uh, and to chase after the things they want to so long as they don't do it in unhealthy ways. Well said. The Facebook thing was the, the somebody, a guy comes on, he says, uh, the way to approach this topic is that you take the links that Bill and Mikkel put into the resource notes of the podcast episode. I saw that. You, you open them up on your computer and just leave them hanging there for your wife to find. Yeah, that's not cool. And, no, that wasn't that, like, like, I don't know if he was being serious or if he was joking, but, and I don't mean any offense to him. I know we all kind of think like, and, and let's just own it. The first time this conversation happens on any level, you're scared to death that your partner is going to freak out. Right. So there's some awareness, like, I don't know how to have this conversation. And this seems like the, a passive aggressive, but also least risky way to, uh, to, to push my wife into this space. And it, it does feel kind of shitty, right? Like it's not a healthy way to do it. You, you agree, right? I agree. So I came back with, you know, I, I just think you don't start off having a conversation about non-monogamy. You start off having a hundred other conversations where you invite your partner to have a difficult conversation. You give them the heads up that you want to talk about something difficult and you wait for them to reciprocate that they're ready to have a difficult conversation. And then when that difficult conversation begins, you start these conversations only talking about your desire to be more authentic and more real, to be more honest and transparent, to talk about how uh, we hide and shield ourselves. Maybe it's the two of you reading a book about that kind of topic. Um, for example, say the fifth agreement uh, or, or unfuck yourself or. Um, I, I think anything by Brene Brown is a really good way. She's really good at helping you sit in your own stuff and not like, project your shame onto other people. Um, and I, I think she's got a beautiful way of opening up hard conversations with others, but not just not others, but with yourself too. Yeah. And the untethered soul was the other one I was thinking of. So there are books that encourage us to be healthier human beings. You start off by, uh, in these books, learning what a healthy person is and wanting to become a healthier person. And then, and then like Brene Brown does, inviting you to share that healthiness with people that have built trust with you and that you edge into that little by little, giving a little bit more of yourself and a little bit more of yourself and to see how it's reciprocated and also to give the other person time to process. And so the, the hey, baby, I'd like to do something other than monogamy. If you're going to have that conversation, that conversation should be it, probably at least a year after you start to edge into being authentic and vulnerable and honest, like any, any other way feels scary to the other person. And also I think deeply risk you entering that space of inviting something un, in an unhealthy way. And that your partner isn't ready for, which then can create a bigger fracture. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, did you get a chance to listen to the audio from Criminal Minds? Yeah, you sent it to me, and it was only like a minute and 30 seconds long. Yeah. And so, what, what did you think? Um, did, did, maybe I, it didn't relate I to you at all. 
I see myself doing that less so now than I used to, but I see myself responding in ways that this woman did. Yeah, let me set up uh, the story for the listener and we'll play the audio. Um, my, one of my favorite, I started off watching, my wife and I started off watching the, a TV show on Netflix called Mindhunter. And Mindhunter is how the behavioral analysis unit, and they are, they are a group of uh, law enforcement, FBI, that have deep training in the psychology of serial killers and those who cause deep harm assault, murder, rape, that kind of stuff. And the behavioral analysis unit, I think, started back in the 1970s, and it started with like three or four people. And the FBI essentially gave them the permission to go out and interview serial killers and to start formulating profiles on if you saw a serial killer at work, a serial killer at work, and you essentially got bodies laying around, you've got murders happening, you can look at the details of these cases and you can start to figure out how old somebody is, what their race is, what their motives are, what kind of trauma they had as, as a child. It's actually f- so fascinating. As somebody who loves psychology, uh, Mindhunters was just mind-blowing to me. Fast forward, my wife and I are now watching Criminal Minds, which has to do with the present-day behavioral analysis unit and how they operate. And in this particular episode, I think it's season three, episode 18, I think it's called The Crossing. There is a, a man has died. It's pretty apparent that his wife killed him. She shot him with a shotgun in the middle of the night while he was sleeping. And they go and interview, they've got her arrested, but before they go to interview her, they interview the two children of this family. And the two children stick up for their dad who's passed away and say, you know, mom was never good at anything. She sucked at everything. She was a horrible mom. She was always never there for us. And... Uh, my dad was always an angel. And so then they go to interview the mom, and then this audio happens. You do understand why you're here. I killed my husband. And you're aware that you don't have to talk to us. What else is there to say? I shot him. Why? It's what I had to do. Had to? It sounds... Terrible. Did Philip ever hit you? Hit me. Was he abusive? No, never. Not even when I probably deserved. No, he was very patient with me. Why did he need to be patient? Well, are you kidding? Look at me. After Nathan was born, I completely let myself go. I'm fat. I'm a terrible housekeeper. I'm a terrible cook. Believe me, I needed a husband with a of patience. Audrey, Nathan tells us that you never attended any of his sports or school functions, that you were never there, not even once. He's probably right. Why didn't you? Well, I was doing such a terrible job at home, I didn't want to embarrass my kids out in public, too. There you have it. There's the, the little bit. And, it, and as Mikkel pointed out, it's just over a minute long. When that played on, my wife and I are sitting on our couch, we're watching this episode, and when this part of the show came on, Mikkel, I got poked hard. Because as I'm listening to this lady share her self-image, she's like, I am a piece of crap. 
Uh, I let myself go. I don't keep a clean house. I put on tons of weight. I, I don't take care of myself. I screw everything up. I mess everything up. There are times where my wife indicates, not to that extent, uh, but that doesn't make it right. My wife indicates to a lesser extent some of those feelings about herself. And it becomes crystal clear when you're watching it happen in someone else, which is one of the reasons I love our friendship and I love our friend group, is that we get to see the messiness of other people's lives. And then by doing that, we see the messiness of our own. As I listened to that audio, I was poked because I do that to my wife. Um, I cause trauma and I say things that are trying to soothe the turmoil inside of me. And in order to soothe that turmoil, I act out in unhealthy ways that diminish or demean my wife. And I, and I wasn't even aware that I was doing it to some degree. And to some degree, I was, and I was hiding it. And again, on this side of life, when I see my shadows, I want to go at them. I want to talk about them. I want someone to point at them. And I want to sit with it and have a conversation and start to work on it. So I walk away from listening to that bit and I look at my wife and I say, hey, hey, let's stop the show here for a second. I'm sorry. I can see I'm doing that to you. I know I did it a lot more in the past. I can see that some of your perceptions of yourself have been influenced by the things I've said and done in order to cure my own turmoil inside. That some of this seems to me now that I was manipulative, although I wouldn't have thought I was manipulative in the moment that I can see I was manipulative and I was, I was causing trauma to you. Um, I don't want you to have that happen to you anymore. So I want to stop doing it. And, and I want to see you heal from what I've done to you. So in my mind, I, I, and again, I don't get to tell somebody how they heal. So I, I said, in my mind, I could perceive that you wouldn't need my approval or you wouldn't need to run mundane things past me because you don't, you don't, you can, you get to do life your way. You don't need to feel insecure to the point where you ask me how I would want it done. And so as we're having this conversation, like I'm a wreck, she's doing fine. She's like, ah, you know, like life's life. We all hurt each other. I've done shit to you too. But for about 24 hours, I was in this giant hole where I'm trying to sit with how shitty of a human, because I, I'd like to think I'm a good person. I like to think I'm a good human being. I like to think I operate in the world in healthy ways. And yet here I am having to sit with my unhealthiness and how I still, even today to a lesser extent, still do shit and am a piece of shit and cause trauma to my wife and to my children and to my friends and to my coworkers and to other people around me. And then kind of telling myself like, okay, you're, you can't fix it tomorrow. It's going to take time to fix this, but you need to own it. And now going forward, you're just going to, you're just going to be honest to it. When it happens, you're going to just own it. And, and it's, I think it's the best way to get to improve, but for that 24 hours and even somewhat moving forward, um, my feelings about myself are damaged because I'm not as good of a human being as I like to pretend I am. That sucks. I I know how that feels and it's really hard 
place to be in. Um, I think for me, the hardest part after I am aware of my shadow and how deeply it's manipulated or hurt somebody else, it's then the process of not beating myself up over it um, and and moving forward. How do you do that? How do you how do you not beat yourself up? Like how do you go through that? So I I I'll still feel bad. Um, I think it's okay to feel sad about how you've treated somebody else. Um, but instead of verbally berating myself in, in my head, um, you know, one of the things that I'm practicing and one of the things that Kelsey's good at helping me remember is she'll say, be nice to my Mikkel. And and what that means for me is I I picture myself as a little kid and what what kind of person would I want to have shown up for me then? Um, because, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of kindness and love and emotional support um, as a kid. And so I picture myself as a little kid and then I picture myself as grown up right now and I show up for myself in a way that um, I had always wanted. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes it makes good sense. Like I think when these things happen and when we're on this side of life where we're willing to sit with it and own it, we we have to confront that we do shitty things that hurt people and those shitty things on some level, subliminal or otherwise, they are intentional. Right? Like we're trying to manipulate the world in order to be comfortable ourselves or to get what we want or to get away from things we don't want. Right. And and we and in the first half of life, I think even then if I look back I go like I know I was manipulating. But I also if would, if I was asked about it, I would have dismissed it. I would have tried to make an excuse for it that made me go like no no no, I'm just being sincere. No no no, I'm I'm really trying to be good here and trying to help you. And on this side of things, you just realize like, oh, no. Th- those were lies. I lied to myself a lot. Right about a lot of my behavior. So to be, to do shitty things, you know, we don't want to be shitty people. But we are. And, and but we are. And that, those two things juxtapose that paradox of not wanting to be a shitty person and then continually doing shitty things. Um, that's hard to sit with. So then our brain has to confront it and get in a hole, and then it has to get away from it so that it cannot sit in that hole all the time because that's no good for anybody. Right. You you will often tell me, don't go down the rabbit hole. And, and for me, that rabbit hole is the process of beating myself up for the mistakes that I've made, for lying to myself and lying to other people about my behavior. And it's it's the shame storm that Brene Brown talks about. And so for me, it's just a process of, Kelsey. Kelsey's not angry at me you know she's exhibiting some kindness like just like Amanda was she was like hey it's okay you know I do shitty things too but then it's a matter of me trusting that and um loving myself despite having made the mistake because in all honesty I wouldn't treat you the way that I treat myself having made a mistake we're often way kinder to other people who mess up than we are to ourselves 
Yeah, just, just, and it does go all ways. Like we are, again, I think most of the human population, there's a few exceptions. Most of the human population is, they, they want to be good human beings and they also recognize like, oh, and I do shitty stuff. And uh, it does go both ways. And so my wife, I mean, one of the things that came out a couple of weeks ago, I'm not in trouble for throwing her under the bus here. Um, one of the things that came out a couple of weeks ago is she sits down with me and she goes, you know how our entire marriage, I treated us as if I was a better singer and a dancer than you. And, uh, and she goes, I was just lying to myself. Like I wanted myself to have something like, like you're smart and you do all these outward things and you, you are, you know, you have, get all this recognition out in the world for these places that you spend your energy. And I needed something to like, that I was just better than you at. And so she said, uh, all these years I've tried to convince you that I'm a better singer and a dancer. And, and she's right. Like I, I would go out and about and what I love to sing. Sometimes I did karaoke at wing nuts a couple weeks ago when we went. And, um, when I did the karaoke, like I was, uh, it, it was fun. I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy doing it, but I also am self-conscious that I suck at singing. And I know my wife dances good. She moves her hips good. She's got good rhythm. I love going dancing with her. She is so sexy. Um, she, the way she dances and the way she has this confidence about her as she moves her hips and kind of stares in my eyes or, or looks out across the crowd like it's sexy as hell. And, and so I've always tried to hide behind her when I dance because I don't think I dance that good. And, and again, anybody else who's seen me is welcome to say I don't sing good and I don't dance good. I'm not saying I do do those but that she had downplayed the ability of those two in order to have her place in the world. Like we all do shitty things to each other. And, and so I think we just got to start sitting with it, owning it. When someone brings it to our attention, not dismiss, not deflect, not obfuscate. I've been around too many people and too many systems that hide, that dismiss, that deflect, that obfuscate. Um, I'm, I just don't want to do that anymore. I want to do this thing better. And which is why you and I are having this podcast. Why we're doing these episodes is to show the world person by person that you can talk about hard shit. You can own your own shitty behavior and it comes with the fear of embarrassment. It comes with the fear of rejection. It comes with the fear of judgment and fuck it. We're going to do it anyway. We are, but it's still really hard. It is. Sometimes it takes days and days to come to grips with it. It's it's true, and I don't know that it gets any easier. Like I've been I've been trying to do better, um, at, at seeing my own shadows and um, confronting them. But I don't think that it, the conversation gets any easier. I don't think the awareness gets any easier. I don't think it gets any more comfortable. It's just a matter of I'm gonna do it anyways, even though I'm I'm scared as hell. I'm hurting. You know, whatever it is, you do it anyway. Yeah, and, and you and I hope, and maybe this is a plug to the listeners, you and I hope that over time, we can build up an audience by putting out a quality product, by having conversations that people want to hear, to the point where the listeners are willing to support this program in a way that would allow you and I to have a lot more freedom uh, in what we talk about, uh, in the kind of conversations that we have, because I think there's a lot of shit you and I want to say that, that we just can't right now. Um, and I think if listeners, again, this is a plug to, to, to donate, like if listeners like these conversations, if they, if they want to move into this space and they want to support a program that encourages us to do so, 
um, go to almostawaken.org, hit the donate button, and be a um, recurring donator to the program so that over time we can build up a donation base that allows you and I to have a little more financial freedom so that we can talk openly and honestly about everything, um, to have tons of conversations that we currently aren't having uh, as we move forward. This is episode 26. We've done 25 already, and it feels like we just kind of started. Uh, there's a lot of things to go into. So there's a plug, listeners. If, uh, if this is something you like, uh, go donate today. Well, Bill, I was having a hard time waking up this morning. You know how it goes. You stay up too late partying or hanging out with friends. And then you've got to get up early to record a podcast. So what do we do in those instances? And on every other day of the week? Coffee. Red Roca coffee. It helps you and me as we're awakening in the morning. My favorite brew is Heathens or Good Mojo. And sometimes I like it hot. In the summertime, every once in a while, I'll drink it cold. Red Roca coffee is a small family-owned business here in the United States. If you need a cup of joe to help you awaken, give Red Roca Coffee a try. We're sure you'll like it. We're sure you'll like it. That's Red Roca, R-O-C-A, coffee.com. When you place your order, put in the code AWAKE. A-W-A-K-E. You'll get a 10% discount, and you'll get free shipping on orders over $30. Check out Red Roca Coffee today. Again, Red Roca Coffee. For those times when you need help, awakening. I want to wrap up. We're, we're at the hour here. We usually try to keep these to an hour. I want to spend just a couple minutes. Uh, kinks and fetishes. Uh, your initial thoughts just on that arena, uh, Mikkel. It's interesting to me um, and one that I've not ever really allowed myself to think about or explore. Uh, it, when I hear those words, what immediately pops into my mind is that's weird. Um, but I know people have kinks and fetishes. And and it, again, Bill, just having the conversation about sex in general, you know, our conversation with River last week, it, it's almost like I'm, I'm waking up to this part of myself for the very first time because I've never in my entire life um, given myself permission or, or felt like I had permission to talk openly about sex or think about sex. And so fetishes and kinks is new. Yeah. And the, the couple of thoughts I had here. So I've had people have, again, you and I, to various degrees, as we've been on this side of life, and we've chosen to be honest and open, authentic, to say hard things, people gravitate to that because they also want to be themselves and say hard things. And so you now find yourself in a room full of people who want to be in this awakened space, this almost awakened space. And so I've had conversations with people where they've been open and honest about their kinks and their fetishes, and they trusted me with that. I had uh, one woman um, in a group uh, get-together reveal to the group that her thing, her her kink or fetish when it comes to pornography is um, family sex, like someone having like sex with their sister or whatever. And again, you and I go like, Ooh, ah, that's uncomfortable. Like what? That's kind of strange. Like that makes you think like, Oh my goodness, is somebody a pedophile? But there are people out there, for instance, Mikkel, who have been raped. Nobody wants to be raped. Nobody wants to be, um, abused in, in that way. No one wants to have that happen to them. And yet there are people who have been raped um, who have a rape fetish. Like they, that's the thing that turns them on. There are people um, 
and again, it doesn't have to be somebody who's raped. I'm just pointing to an extreme. There are people who are not raped who have a rape fetish. There are people who have um, fetishes or kinks with balloon popping or um, it could be mild things like seeing a certain type of um, sex, whether it's two women or two women and a man or two men and a woman or uh, a certain position or a certain uh, ethnicity or like everybody's turn on all across the spectrum of human beings is widely different and it goes to extremes of wanting pain of wanting to be somewhat suffocated as you're having sex like it gets crazy and so i was looking up a website today see if i can pull this up here real quick so bill what's the difference between a fetish and a kink uh that's a good question yeah so i looked up fetish and fetish is to have an excessive or irrational commitment to or obsession with something which is interesting because it doesn't seem excessive in my mind when I, yeah. Okay, so fetish would be like a, so one of the fetishes that is out there is called a furry fetish, which is being sexually aroused by people in animal costumes, like playful animal costumes. So I, I looked up, fetish versus kink and this definition comes up and it says a kink is something that arouses us that's not considered the sexual norm and a fetish is an, a sexual act or an object that is nearly always necessary for the person to become aroused and enjoy sex so that's interesting because there can be so many things outside the sexual norm like who gets to decide what's a sex what a sexual norm is what's your what's your kink or fetish Mikkel? uh none right now cuz Again, this is all new to me, so I'm going to have to think about that. People people have asked before, Bill, what's your kink, what's your fetish? We've been in these conversations with friends, and people have shared theirs, and they go, Bill, what's yours? And I'm like, I don't have one. Like, I, I kind of wish I did. I kind of wish I had a, a thing that if that thing happened, <laughs> I'd get all turned on. And, and in the past, I've always responded that I don't have one until recently, Mikkel. I was going to say, that's bullshit. I know. I have one now. What is it? What what do, you, what do you think it is? Let's see. Let's give you a guess. Let, let me go. Let me go back here to the website here. Um, a hundred and one kinky things. So there is. There are people who are into nineteen fifties. There's a nineteen fifties fetish. There's an adult baby fetish. There's alien fetish. Amputee fetish. Uh, there's armpit fetish. There's a bathroom control fetish. A biting are you- fetish. Are you going to read it, and I'm supposed to guess which one it is? Uh, well, it's not any of those, probably, right? Like, I again, well, no I offense to anybody who just turned one. on. Yeah, I'm not really into armpits. That's not my thing. Uh, no offense to anybody who it is. I know at least one listener out there has an armpit fetish. You're welcome to have it. Um, I think we see all of these, and most of us go like, "This is weird." But the one that's yours isn't weird to you, right? Like the one that's right. yours, it, it isn't weird. What do you think it is, Mikkel? I don't know, Bill. It's probably it's, toes. It's not toes. My thing is crying. Um, this may seem really weird, but yeah, when I'm so holding... explain that. Okay, I will, but it doesn't mean it's going to come with any less judgment. Um, <laughs> my, my, my wife, the other night, I'm sitting with, laying with her, and I'm holding her, and she's upset about something, and she's crying. And, and so then that just turns you on, and you're like, and yeah. I start to get an erection. And I realize in that moment, now that I'm on this side of things where I'm, I'm aware and thinking and examining and deconstructing and taking apart, 
it hits me suddenly that I've always been aroused at times when I'm cuddling my wife. She's upset. She's not upset at me, but she's upset about something in the world because it'd be pretty shitty if she was upset at me and I'm getting a hard on while she cries about shit I'm doing to her. No judgment. Right. No judgment. But when she's upset about something in the world, I'm holding her and um, trying to console her. Her crying um, is arousing to me. And so that is my kink now. I just now realize that it's been that way my entire life, our entire marriage. And I just didn't put two cents of thought into it. Um, I, I did. I just thought it was just being close to her. But all of a sudden the light bulb goes on. And I realize that's what it is. So, uh, so I think maybe you'll find yours here at some point on this side of things. Yeah, I'll have to think about it. Do you think maybe you think maybe it is aliens or? Probably not aliens. That was just like the A's and B's I was sharing. I mean, I've got this list here. I'll I'll include this yeah, list share in the our link because I I want to look at it. You should you should go through these and then just say if any of these like foot fetished. How about forced feeding, Mikkel? Uh, um, nope. Fisting? Is fisting your thing, Mikkel? Nope. No, you're not into fisting. Uh, facial hair? Uh, I like facial hair, but I don't necessarily think that that turns me on. Okay. Um, I know you're hoping, Bill. <laughs> yeah, it'd be kind of it'd hard for a lesbian. <laughs> it'd be your <laughs> dream. <laughs> Sorry, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I paused a little too long on that one. You um, did. Hand fetish, gunplay, uh, nope. gunplay, uh, golden shower. So peeing on somebody. Ooh. Um, okay, sorry. I know that. <laughs> like that's. There's grapho erotica, writing words on someone's body. Hmm. Um, knife play, lactation play, long hair, loud sex, medical play, mummification, uh, needle play. I mean, pony so, play. Have you seen so, the pony play videos, right? <laughs> now, now, listen, we're not we're judging. We're not judging. We're not judging. But, but that's a little weird, right? We're not judging, Bill. We make a safe oh, space for oh. even things that are different for us. Maybe the medical play because um, I'm in the medical field. And so sometimes it's like naughty doctor, you know? Yeah, which I think is hot. I think the naughty doctor on the, you know, I, once in a while I'll check out a porn video with a, a naughty nurse or a naughty doctor doctor or dentist or whatever it is. And, you know, that's kind of a hot thing. Um, but it is it is true, though. Whatever your thing is, it feels normal and you don't want it made fun of. Right. And whatever anybody else's thing is, if you, no matter what your thing is, you go through this list and you're like, man, that's kind of odd. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll share the link to the list and people can check it out. You can see what your what your kink or fetish is, and now you know the difference between kink and fetish. Mikkel, thanks for that. Um, what other what other thoughts you got? Anything else? Um, I'm excited to have new people on in the next coming weeks. We've got uh, some interviews lined up. Uh, you've got one next week, and then I think I have mine. Um, ooh, it can't be the week after that. But you've got something next week, so the gal that I'm gonna we're gonna bring on is gonna be in a couple of weeks because the first part of February I'll be out of town and I don't think I'll be able to record. Bill, no sweat. We'll just have to have the listeners miss an episode that week. Uh, maybe you and I get together and we'll have some conversation some other time, or maybe one of us can put something together to release that day just on our own. Yeah. Um, your uh, life is going good. You and you and Kelsey are doing great. Everything is uh, everything's going well. 
I can't complain. I mean, I miss my friends. I don't think I get enough time with my friends. Um, it seems less, doesn't it? It, it seems like it's dropped off. And I, I hope they're, when they listen to this, they understand you're, you're an eye sadness. And they start creating more events or showing right. up at our feel, events. And I hope they feel shame. We all shame get together and have fun. And, yeah, they should. And they want to make me feel better. So they start hosting <laughs> more, more parties. More parties. Right, more get-togethers. And I hope they hear the sadness in my voice. <laughs> there you go. I hope, I hope anyone out there feeling shame at that that last 30-second bit that you have a party and you invite us. Um, <laughs> if you're a listener, if you're a listener and you live nearby, maybe you're 40 minutes away, maybe you're an hour away, maybe you're a couple blocks away, uh, throw a party and uh, reach out to us. We'd love to, love to show up at things and meet with you. You know... Um, Oh, go ahead. We we talked at one time, Bill. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but you and I together talked about some things that that maybe we could do that would be fun to interact with our podcast listeners. And so I think we should open up that conversation. Like maybe we meet every other Sunday or one Sunday a month at a coffee shop or um anything. Because I think it would be fun to start interacting with our listeners, especially local listeners or people that are um from out of town and and having conversations with people outside of each other, um, I think it'd, it'd be interesting and fun. Yeah. And, and you and I have talked before about starting to do at some point, uh, having events even in various places where people, a wider, a broader audience could show up and uh, we could have these kinds of conversations. So yeah, I, I think let's entertain that. Let's have those, let's talk about that. Let's have those kinds of events and, uh, and get people, uh, connected to each other and in this almost awakened space. Sounds great. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsensespirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director Brittany Hartman.